Well, my name is Chris Buckle. If I don't know you, I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here at Saints Community Church. And uh, our mission is simple across all of our locations, because by the way, if you don't know this, we have another location in Bell Chase meeting right now, doing water baptisms right now, and we'll be online tonight at 7 p.m. at Facebook Live. For those of uh, friends that couldn't make it today, uh, we'll be live at 7 p.m. tonight. And our mission is simple across all locations. We're reaching imperfect people to follow a perfect Jesus. And I giggle at the, at the beginning of that because I'm constantly reminded, and my family reminds me how imperfect I truly am. That's not totally true. But um, so you're in good company this morning. Hey, we've been doing a series. How many of you have been enjoying digging into Psalm 23, the Psalm of David, a little shepherd boy? If you haven't been here, we've been going verse by verse and line by line, which is my favorite thing. All of the teaching team's favorite thing to do is just to let the word speak for itself because the seed, the word, knows what to do. And so we just need to let it take root in our hearts. And so we've been going verse by verse, line by line, and we're about to wrap up this series called Better Days next weekend. And this morning, we are going to look at verse 6, the very first portion of that verse. We call it verse 6a. And this is probably one of the, to me, simple but yet most important verses in Psalm 23. So here we go. We're going to read it this morning. It says, surely, now I want you to hang on to every word in this verse. Surely, you ever talk, I, I, not too many people say that word nowadays. You know, there was a movie where he said, surely you can't be serious. He says, I am serious, but don't call me Shirley. But that's the only time I've used it, you know. So, anyway, surely, for those that say it, uh, absolutely, goodness or, or kindness and mercy or unfailing, unquestionable love and mercy shall, it will, it's going to follow me on Wednesdays. Nope. Uh, when there's no coronavirus. Nope. A-L-L, all the days of my life. Every single word in this verse can have a separate sermon. Surely, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, surely you're in this place this morning. We welcome you. We honor your presence. We ask that you speak to every heart. In Jesus' name, amen. I, um, I uh, come to you this morning with some, uh, a confession. Um, I did something pretty dumb you know, uh, something that I never thought I would ever do. I mean, I just cannot believe I did it. So I'm here to confess to you this morning of this grievous act that I did two years ago, I think, uh, in December. Um, I'll just go ahead and say it. I bought a dog. <laughs> yes. It was a pretty, pretty rough decision. Sorry. Uh, sorry. 
I, I bought a dog. And so uh, for those of you that think I'm crazy, you know, it's like here, four kids. Hey, why don't we get a dog? But it was a rescue pup. And so I didn't feel too bad, you know, when, when the dog came home. And his name is Finn, F-I-N-N. Uh, we named him after Star Wars, you know, F-N-2187. Uh, All three of you that know that, but it's Finn for short, and that's his name. Felicity, you know, we have Kathan, Corbin, and Chris, the C's, and Crystal, and Kira, the K's, and Felicity's like, I need, you know, something, and so we were like, Finn. So that's his name. He's a cute dog. My kids love him. My wife loves him. <laughs> He's okay, all right? You know, I mean, he, he, I don't give him any attention, but he gives me all this attention. I don't know why. He... He, you know, he follows me around. He, he waits for me to come home. He sits in the window breaking the blinds, which drives me nuts, for me to come. And he sits on my lap when, when I'm like, go sit on their laps, you know, leave me alone. And he just, dogs are truly man's best friends, unfortunately. And no matter what you do, no matter what I do, no matter what I say, no matter how I feel, he never gets annoyed at me. He, you know, he doesn't get mad. He, he's just an unconditional pup. I just, you know, I, I, I like him, okay? And he just pours out this love for me every day, no matter what, for all the days of my life <laughs> that I have him. And, um, you know, he, he doesn't like the dog food I get, but I'm on a budget. So, you know, but he forgives and, and forgets. And so, <laughs> some people really take the dog thing overboard, Okay. But, but I'm here to tell you this morning that, that, that there is one that's greater than a dog, <laughs> than greater than an animal. You take those words, D-O-G, and you turn them upside down, and there's a friend that sticks closer than a dog. There's a friend that will be with you. There's a friend that's been through what you've been through, experienced your pain. A dog hasn't. He's gone through those situations. He loves you unconditionally, no matter what. His name is G-O-D, and he is the greatest. And he is the one that mercy and goodness follows his followers forever. Not all of us are going to get an animal or dog, but everyone has access to God, to this faithful friend who loves us. In the text, Verse 6, the words, will follow me. I want to focus on that word follow for a moment because follow here could be more accurately translated as to pursue. It's not this passive type of action. It's aggressive. God's goodness and his steadfast love aggressively pursues his people like a stalking, maybe not that word, but, you know, like aggressively coming after you, like ready to pound you down and knock you out, kind of aggressive. These things are, are not something that just happens by accident. A good shepherd, a good shepherd will do whatever it takes to meet the needs of his flock. He truly will, and he will do that regardless of how many times sheep do sheep things, <laughs> if you know what I mean. When a sheep is reckless, the shepherd lovingly corrects, but guess what? His mercy is coming right at him, pursuing aggressively that sheep. And that's why the sheep put their trust in the shepherd. 
because they know they can count on him. And I want to focus on the word mercy for a second here. It's a noun. And here's what the dictionary says. It says it means compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it, listen, is within one's power to punish or harm. You can't show mercy on something that you don't have power over. Let me just tell you something about God for a moment, because most of us, some of us like to think, you know, he's this genie in a bottle, give me whatever I want. He, let, me, let, me, let me tell you something about his wrath. Let me tell you something about his punishment. Well, let me just say this. If, if you don't think that there's a side of God that involves punishment and wrath, you need to go have a sit down at Starbucks with Noah and Lot. And if you're here this morning and you're like, who the heck is Noah and Lot? You need to join a small group and ask your small group leader to tell you the story about Noah and Lot. And all the small group leaders said, wait, join it. <laughs> let, me, let me just, let me be serious for a moment. Let me, let me explain what I'm trying to say. To understand the magnitude of God's mercy, we need to understand the mess of our sins. You will never understand or appreciate his mercy unless you have this hate towards sin. Unbelievable low view of sin and a high view of God. See, while goodness supplies our needs, his mercy blots out our sins. See, sin is missing the mark. No matter how, how much you try, you're going to miss the mark. And so we need someone greater than us to be merciful towards us. Are you getting that this morning? Anybody excited about God's mercy? How great of a shepherd do we have that no matter how many times we mess up, we can't stop or contain his goodness or his mercy. It is always aggressively pursuing us. Always. Maybe we need to stop for a moment and take a deep breath and allow that, mercy, that understanding of his mercy and his goodness, his kindness his faithfulness to just consume us from time to time. Instead of living in the pool of our worry, live in that goodness and that mercy that he provides. You know, think about your life right now. Everyone's situation is different. Everyone's gone through different feelings and emotions and issues. Think about your particular life for a moment. What is it about your life right now that needs a dose of God's goodness, his kindness, his mercy, his unfailing love. What is it? Think, think seriously about your situation. Are you, are you in an impossible situation? Maybe at work? Maybe at home? Maybe if you're in school, maybe in school, you just seem like, man, I just can't get this. I, I'm studying. I can't do this online thing. Whatever it is, whether you're in college or high school, Maybe at home you try and try and you just, you feel like you're in an impossible situation. How about this? Do you feel like those close to you will treat you good, but with conditions only? Yeah, I'll, I'll treat you good, but what you got for me? There always seems to be conditions. Are you facing a difficult situation? 
that requires someone to help lead you out of it and lead you in the right directions. Friends, I'm here to tell you that there is one who is always readily available at all times to get you through any situation that you're going through. And sometimes we may not see it because we see the mess more than we see the maker, right? We're always focused on the mess because we can tangibly see it. But sometimes and most of the time, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, most of the times we don't feel, we don't see, we don't understand God's goodness, but it's always there whether you see it, whether you feel it or not. You've got to understand that because you're going to be waiting a long time for it. It's just it's something we've got to comprehend. We can't let our emotions distract us from this truth. Our emotions are constantly going all over the place. We have to know that God is good and merciful and loving all the time. And this goodness, this, this goodness of God, it's always following us whether we know it or not. We may not realize it now, but he's doing it right now. I can remember so many different situations in my life. A while back, I was going to leave a job, and you know, this person told me, man, you don't want to do that. There's no money in this, this other thing you want to do. Some of you can probably figure that out. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I was like, man, I just feel God's in this. I mean, some of you maybe made some decisions where you just knew God was in it. And what happens? Goodness and mercy follows after me. Hey, uh, recently, uh, I kind of decided to join Pastor Wayne and go, through, go to the doctor uh, a lot. And so, the, the, can't beat him, join him. So, maybe that's why he's so spiritual. Let me go find out. And then the bills come in. I'm like, wait, never mind. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm fine. And so, I go for a month. I'm going to every, I didn't even know there was these doctors and these tests. I'm like, what are you doing with that thing, man? And so, I'm just going through all these tests because I had trouble breathing. And, um, and you know what? At the end of all these tests, Two things happened. One, they could not figure out why I was better. And I remember looking at the cardiologist and saying, could there be a slight possibility that maybe I was, I don't know, healed? And he looked at me and said, there's no other explanation. And then, yeah, amen. It's good God. I can breathe again. Why do I do that when I say that? I don't know. And so then I go to my primary, and and I'm going, uh, so I went from zero pills to now I got to buy one of those, uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about, all the old people going, amen, bro, (laughs) sorry. And these little pill things with Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 8 a.m., 4 a.m., I'm like, I had a moment in the bathroom, like, when did it come to this? I mean, and I'm sitting there going, why am I taking this? I've never taken anything. I don't even take a vitamin, and now I'm taking all this stuff. For what? It don't even make me feel good, you know? And so the doctor looks at me and says, consider yourself lucky. Because when you went on those barrage of tests, we discovered some secondary issues that if we wouldn't have discovered in the test, you could have been one of those statistics of people who are in pretty decent health, and who were just going about life and not feel anything, and boom, dropped dead of a heart attack. Consider yourself 
lucky. And yeah. And, and, and while I'm working on this message, I said, that's, that's not luck. That's goodness and mercy aggressively pursuing me all the days of my life. I want you to know, some of you sitting there going, ah, that's coincidence. And just, no, those things happen. You can look at life that way. But a lot of times people want the, you know, like you want to see my heart, like come out my chest, get fixed and put back in. And you want like this big, crazy thing. But I'm here to tell you, you miss God in the ordinary moments when you think that way. Because God does miracles in ordinary ways every day, every moment, every hour, every second. And when you look at the problem and not the provider, you're going to constantly miss it. I thought this was a, like a Pentecost, like one of those excited chairs, whether y'all like hoop and holler and scream. Yeah. Didn't you think? When... I did. And I, I'm picking on you, especially those that are like, what the heck's Pentecostal? Like, <laughs> is that one of the tests you had? Like, I, I want to tell you something. The reason why I felt led to say that is because when you constantly it's not about being Pentecostal or spirit-filled or whatever, or charismatic. When you're constantly missing the moments, you ain't got nothing to praise him about. But when you're constantly seeing him move, is, is anyone getting this? When you're seeing him move in the ordinary ways, you're going to get excited. You're going to shout and scream and dance and whatever. And somebody may say, you Pentecostal? No, I just love Jesus, and he's following me with goodness and mercy, and I love him, and I praise him. And then you're going to go home and get excited about the saints. <laughs> but that's good. That's just practice for church. So there may be some big decisions in your life, some huge decisions you need to make, and you can't see the end results right now. But I'm telling you, if you know God and you put your trust in him, the outcome of that immediate difficult situation will result in long-time success if God's in it, if God is in it. Because ultimately, when we choose to follow the lead of the shepherd like sheep, we will never have to worry about any provisions. Because I'm going to tell you something, you won't have to chase provisions because they just told me that provisions are going to chase you aggressively. You're not going to have to worry about finding goodness or mercy from someone greater than you. It's going to pursue you aggressively, right? You don't have to work hard for it. Here's, here's the way I kind of look at life with God so I don't miss those moments. I remember at my wedding, dancing with my wife. Number one, you got to get close to her. And you just begin to lead, right? You just lead. You don't say, hey, we're going to the left. Hey, we're going to the right. Unless you got like six feet or, you know, two left feet, whatever it is. You're just guiding. And if she starts to move this way, you don't yank her. You're just guiding and leading. See, life with God is like a divine dance. The closer you get to him, you know exactly where he's leading you. You know exactly where he's guiding you. You don't need him to speak 
audibly. <laughs> you just need to get closer to him and feel the movements and the rhythm of the spirit. And when you do that, when you begin to trust in him, when you begin to get close to him, goodness, mercy will just begin to flow into your heart and into your life. And now, for those sitting here saying, but what about all the junk? What about all the sickness that seems to follow me? What about the joblessness right now? This sounds good, and I believe his word, but I feel like these other things are aggressively pursuing my life, if I can be honest. Think back, if you've been part of the series, to some examples, some previous examples in Psalm 23, and you can read it again, the whole psalm. Yes, difficulties, dilemmas, trials, and even disasters are going to come. But listen, sheep in the good care of a good shepherd will experience eventual goodness emerging out of life's chaos. Can you even imagine being back in T.H. Harris? That you'd be where you are right now. Can you imagine? How many times you wanted to throw in the towel? A lot. I'm pretty prophetic, I can guess. For you, how many times you've wanted to just, I'm done. Just wait, it's right there. So close. It's aggressively pursuing you. It's going to catch up with you and just knock you out. You've got to trust his mercy. Surely is a bold claim, but it relies on the one who ultimately controls our lives and our destinies. Here's what I want you to know this morning. Goodness and mercy follow those who follow Jesus. It's that simple. And if I'm just standing here, I'm not being followed. I have to be moving towards something in order to use the word follow. If I'm not moving towards Jesus, if I'm not following Jesus, if I'm not aggressively pursuing and going after him, how am I going to have his mercy and goodness follow me? I can't just stay stagnant in my face and go, where's the mercy? Where's the goodness? Where's the kindness? Where's the love? I'm just going to sit here and wait for it. No. In order to be aggressively pursued, you need to be following after Jesus. Follow Jesus so goodness and mercy will follow you. How many feel this way about Christ? How many have the confidence that no matter what occurs in your life, we are being followed by his goodness and his mercy. It's easy to feel this way when things are a-okay. Income is good. Family's good. Everything's well. The health is excellent. Friends are actually friends. But sheep who are fully surrendered to the shepherd have the full confidence in knowing that regardless of flies... Are gnats, New Orleans gnats, you ever seen them? Valleys, rocks, and wolves 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Me, it's so personal. All the days of my life. It's surely it's going to follow those super Christians that have perfect attendance. Surely it's going to, no, it's going to follow those who are simply doing their best to follow Jesus. I may not see it now, but I will. Uh, that confidence can only be found in a shepherd willing to lay down his life for his sheep. That's the one I'm going to trust. That's the one I'm going to pursue. Do you know this good shepherd? Do you really know this good shepherd? Do you really know him? And then are you following him? It's not enough to just know him, but we need to be aggressively pursuing and following him. For us, Jesus, we know, is the good shepherd, and goodness and mercy will be the fruit of those who aggressively follow him. It's that simple. Jesus is the source of all goodness and all mercy, and apart from him, there's none. There's no goodness. There's no mercy apart from Jesus, and likewise, we should show this goodness and mercy to others. We should leave a legacy behind of goodness and mercy by the way we receive, and then we pass it on to others. You can do that in a small group. You can leave your legacy with your small group members by being faithful, not just saying you're in a small group, but being actively involved in each other's lives. I was so mad. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that. I'm going to call them out in this room. When my small group, I found out my small group went and had dinner the other night without me. I was like, what? the writing's on the wall, buddy. There's a hostile takeover here. But then another part of me said, this is it. Yeah. <coughs> this is it. This is it. I want to close this morning. And I want you to, to really, really think upon this. Would you get out your phone, maybe take a picture of the screen, hopefully have those, those on the screen, or you can write them down on your paper if you're taking notes or on your phone. But sometimes we beat ourselves up with guilt and condemnation. And maybe you're here today and you're feeling like you are being followed by the opposite of goodness and mercy in your life. Maybe you think, man, badness is aggressively pursuing me. Sickness is aggressively pursuing me. Unforgiveness is lingering behind me. Maybe you're thinking those things. In those moments, I want to ask you to fix your eyes on Jesus. I know I'm saying that over and over again, but stop focusing on the problem and focus on the Savior. Focus on Jesus and not your issues and look to him for what you need. And I want to remind us this morning in the beginning of the psalm, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. But there's another version that says, I shall not want. And that to me is more powerful. I shall not want. I shall not want. What do you want for? What do you want for? What of his rich abundance of goodness and mercy are you lacking? Let's go back to the psalm quickly. Do you need rest? I shall not want for rest because he makes me lie down in green pastures. Peace. Maybe you need peace. 
He leads me beside still waters. Forgiveness, he restores my soul. Guidance, he leads me in righteous paths. Companionship, he is with me. Comfort, his rod and staff comfort me. Food, provision, he prepares a table for me. Protection, he does so in the presence of my enemies. Acceptance, he anoints my head with oil. Abundance, he makes my cup overflow. Grace, he makes goodness and mercy follow me. And next week, we're going to talk about this last one, security. He makes me dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Of these things listed, what is it you need most from him today? Ask him for it right now. See, most of the time, we, we, we try to say it's other things we need, but this is what we really need. This is the root. Do you need rest? Do you need peace? Do you need forgiveness? Do you need guidance, companionship? Maybe you just need a friend. Most of you are like, oh, yeah, he's right. I need a boyfriend. No, a friend. Comfort. Food. I, I want to stop there for a second. Do you know my kids went to Clancy, Missouri? And my son told me one time that one of the kids in his class eats his last meal on Fridays and then eats again on Monday because the school feeds them. You know, that's, that's here. That's not in some other country. That's right here. And you know, God gives us provisions not just to keep for ourselves. And maybe there wouldn't be this shortage of food if we gave things away, if we helped others. If we paid attention to those things and not, see, this isn't, this psalm's not about just fixing me. It's fixing me so I can help others. Food, amen, protection, acceptance, abundance, grace, security. Probably need all those things. But there may be something specific you need this morning. And I want you just for a moment, we're going to pause just for a moment and look at this list. And I just want you to ask him for it. Just ask, God, I need peace. God, right now I need companionship. God, I need security. I want to close this morning. You can think about this the rest of the week. Really think about it and ask God for it. Who wants to give it to you? I want to ask all of you a, a very to consider this deep, what I would call personal question, but very important. How close are you to the shepherd, to Jesus, right now in your life? Not how you want to be, not how you should be, not how you were, how close do you feel you are to the shepherd who is Jesus right now in your life? And if it was a scale of one to 10, one might be, I have no idea who Jesus is. Isn't he a baby in a manger? I heard about that. Or 10 could be, we are so cool. We're best buds. I am closer to him now than I've ever been in my life. Where are you right now? Nobody's, nobody's going to quiz you. But that's the most important question we need to ask ourselves right now. How close are you to Jesus right now? 
So if you're not close to the shepherd, how's he going to help you with all this stuff that we've been talking about? Do you need his goodness and mercy this morning? You feel like everything else is following you and you're totally aware of it, but I desperately need his goodness and mercy. That may be you this morning. Every single person in here has a different need, but I'm here to tell you he's a personal shepherd and he's ready to meet that need. Seven billion people on the planet and he cares about you and me and you and you and you and you. He cares about that decision you're thinking right now. That person in this room that has a huge decision to make, you're probably like, how does he know that? God knows. And he's telling me right now that it's going to be okay. I see several of you nodding your heads. He's going to help you. He's going to meet that need right now. Ask him. He's a personal God. I want you to stand to your feet. And I want us to break this religious, nonsensical, mumbo-jumbo, altar call, whatever we want to call it, I want us to wipe away all that real quick and in, in, in your mind thinking, oh, this is the part where the preacher says, raise your hand if you want to give your life to Jesus. Come to the altar. Say this prayer. <laughs> those, are, those are things that we say and we try to get you to understand, but I, I'm telling you this morning that there's a reason why we do this And it's not to be routine or mundane or to to do some kind of ritual. It's because we're inviting you into what these messages are about. Jesus, we're inviting you into a personal relationship with him. (coughs) We're inviting you into the answer to those questions I just talked about that you need. Those of you who are in here and say, I need this, I need that, I need financial provision. I need to know whether I should take this job. Or that person who's thinking, I need help to make sure if I should go to this doctor or make this appointment or call this friend and apologize. I can tell you that's always yes. And you're in here and every decision you need, this is the moment where those things become real. Because if you don't give your life to Jesus, if you don't put your trust and faith in him, Goodness and mercy are going to just chill in the background waiting for you to make that decision. That's why these moments are important. And so do not leave this place. I don't care if you've been in church your whole life. If you are not 100% sure that if you were to die right in this moment that you'd spend eternity with God and the Father and Jesus in heaven, then I want you to raise your hand. I don't want you to think about it. Raise your hand right now where you are and tell him, I need you to be my shepherd. Come on, raise your hand if that's you. Anyone, thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? In a moment, we're going to pray. We're going to ask God to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you and make you a new person. Make you a sheep where he is your shepherd. For everyone else, and you're in that moment where you're just like, I, I, I've just got to know. I told you this morning, you can trust him. You can trust him greater than you can trust that D-O-G. <laughs> the 
because he truly is G-O-D. He's God Almighty. He's the creator of the universe. And his mercy and goodness follows us forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, for those that raised their hand this morning, asking for your forgiveness of their sins and wanting to put their full trust in you, I pray that you would acknowledge their hand raised, acknowledge their heart, their decision, and that you would save them this morning, Lord. That you would help them to put their trust in you as the Savior this morning. And for everyone else, Lord God, God, I pray that you'd help us to recognize, to just stop and recognize how good you are and how merciful you are. Consume us with that fact this morning and help us. Lord, help everyone to ask what we need from you for our lives. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name.